What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Jonathan here. Welcome to the latest edition of the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Online right now, I got Eric Pinkins, uh, uh, capologist, basketball insiders, and lead Laker writer for Bleach Report. How's it going, man? How's your quarantine going? Hope all is well. Uh, Not too bad. It's raining right now, so can't get outside to play a little hoops in the back. But other than that, trying to make the best of it. Yeah, in today's show, we're going to talk about the NBA playoff format and uh, how is the cap going to affect certain players and teams. So first off, let's talk about the NBA playoff format. Uh, what are your What are you hearing about the NBA playoff format? Are they going to go to a college ranking type of college atmosphere or a just regular best of seven, best of three, best of five? What have you been hearing? Uh, I, I think right now, I, I think Adam Silver, I don't know if you saw his conversation with Ernie Johnson on Twitter uh, on the NBA uh, handle, but there aren't any decisions made and there won't be any decisions made until uh, at least May. And so their their goal ultimately is to bring everything back, but that may not be realistic. We're all sort of in a, a limbo right now. So uh, there's still a question of whether they can have regular season games. If they can, they will. If they can have the full slate of playoffs and all that, of course, they'll do everything. But the first to go would probably be on some level the regular season and then they have to make some difficult decisions. If, if you're getting rid of the regular season, do you just feed the the 16 teams that are in position now, or do you give teams that are close uh, a chance, or do you give everyone a chance? How do you decide that? The, the Warriors are the only team technically eliminated, so do they stay home? Uh, like, do you, if you just say, okay, we'll do a plan for the seventh and eighth seed, that's not really fair for the Mavericks, who are like what they're like in the neighborhood of 10 games up, yeah, 10 games like up. 18, 17 or 18 to play, like go through history and how many times ha- have teams that far back gotten and caught up. And if you're doing a tournament just to get in and the Mavericks have to play in that tournament, even if you give them like a bye or something, it's still not really right. Uh, I mean, you could argue the Grizzlies certainly because they're neck and neck with the other teams, right? There's the Spurs and the Kings and the, uh, you know, who else am I leaving out? The, the Spurs, the Kings, the Blazers, and one other team is right in there. Uh, Phoenix even isn't that far off. So uh, these teams have a shot. Technically, the Pelicans are the other one. They, they all have a shot to make it, but none of them really have a real shot at catching the Mavericks. And if you put the Mavericks at jeopardy, that's not really right. And you go to the, the East, uh, the Magic and the, you know, a couple of teams at the bottom there, Maybe you know the Nets. They're under 500, but man, if the Nets come back, they might not only it takes long enough. They might get Kyrie and they might get KD back. So some craziness there. And as far as the, the format, it becomes a question of logistics. If they can get seven game series, yeah. If they can't, uh, maybe they'll stick with seven games and start to cut series altogether. So that instead of going full 16, you know, games of uh, you know, eight. Uh, or rather, series, eight series. Uh, go ahead and uh, cut, start cutting that down. Maybe uh, do shorter in just a couple of those series in the first round or whatever. I, I do think the plan is certainly for the finals to be the best of seven. I think that would be the last thing that they would cut back. Yeah, as a fan, um, Eric, I would love just the NBA just throw every team in Vegas and go win the championship. Best team win the championship like they did for the All-Star game. You know how everybody was in Vegas for the All-Star game that one year in the summer league, you know? Just, I know yeah. it, there's no NBA season right now so far, and it's we need sports right now because it's nothing to talk about, nothing to watch. So I would love to have every team go play in Vegas and go hash it out on the court to win it all, you know? Right. Well, 
Vegas is, yeah, I've written about Vegas. I was the first that I know of to talk about Vegas and possibly the Mandalay Bay, which is where they do the G League showcase. Mm -hmm. uh, you would need to quarantine all the players, all the, it's not just the players, you're talking a few hundred people really to pull off a game, you know, from the referees to the stats crew, to the trainers, to the uh, physical therapists and the, the coaches, and then you have the broadcast, and et cetera, et cetera. One person infecting the lot could be serious. And, and I don't worry as much about the games being played against each other. You know, the teams will only play. If you play 20 minutes in a game, maybe you're on the court for 30-something, 40 minutes in real time. But if you're practicing with your teammates, you guys are going at it for a few hours a day or you're around each other all the time, it's going to spread within the team. So there, there's a lot that could go wrong. So the idea would be to quarantine everybody in, like, the Mandalay Bay, no one in, no one out, uh, just full protection. And I don't think we're anywhere close to knowing that that's safe yet. So the league and the players' union, no one's going to rush to do anything if they feel like it's not safe. So we need to get a better sense that this thing is under control before we really seriously consider uh, a return to basketball. Yeah. Um, I also read Brian Windhorst saying that the league is considered shutting down, and then uh, and then that didn't happen. But, like, as a, a sports writer, like, what is the preparation each and every uh, writer does for every game as a sports writer? Well, I mean, like, a typical game would be, uh, it depends on what your coverage is, but, uh, like, if I go to, like, for instance, the Lakers or a Clipper game at 7.30 tip, you got to get there typically at around 5.45 to get the first coach, and they talk for less than, but they have a 15-minute window, and then the next coach goes for another 15. Then there's a little bit of a break, and then they open up the locker room, and the locker room's open for 30 minutes. And then after you get the locker room, you go and you maybe grab a bite to eat. Maybe you know, at the, they have like a, a cafeteria-type setup, or maybe you have to write, and you write some pregame stuff. You watch the game. Some people have to... You know, if you're doing a, a game story, you've got to put that material out by the end of the game so it's ready to go right when the game stops and you go to the locker room, you get some post-game quotes, uh, and then you head home. So it's it's a – maybe I get home on – in that kind of schedule, you get home around 11.30 p.m. Uh, so it's like a six, seven-hour day. Uh, but it's fun. You're going, you know, I don't, I'm not complaining at all. It's like you go to a basketball game, you get – you know, compensated to be there. You get you're not paying to to watch the game, so it, it's a blast. I'd love to get back to that, but uh, right now we're not. You know, to, the games that I, I don't even know how they would have fans at this point when they resume. I don't know how uh, they would handle the media. Uh, do they not have media at all? Do they have a small contingent? And is that contingent sequestered or quarantined as well? Uh, and then who picks which media? gets in that's a tough one so that, you know, there's no clear path on how this is going to proceed but we just have to be patient and I, I to a degree trust Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts and the leadership Chris Paul uh, to make the best decisions they can but there may not be fair decisions to make uh, I think people are going to lose out in one way or another just based on, on what's happened in life it's better than those who are actually fighting for their lives and fighting for real stakes. This is 
pretend stakes when you really think about it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, man. But if the NBA season did get canceled, how is that going to affect the cap situation around the league if they did cancel the season? Well, you know, I'll simplify it. Uh, basically, the, the league and the players split the money that comes in. Uh, it's almost 50-50. We'll call it 50-50 just to be simple. So if the league was planning on bringing in $8 billion, the players were going to get $4 billion. And if uh, if the players had been paid too much or paid too little, there are mechanisms to make sure that that 50% mark hits, right? So what happens if the players were scheduled to make $4 billion? The league was scheduled, you know, based on what was booked to bring in $8 billion, but now suddenly games are canceled, and now we're talking about Six billion, and they lose two billion. Well, the players are still getting their four billion. That percentage is off, so the money has to come back somehow. And uh, the league already withholds ten percent of the player checks just to make sure that the system works, and that's like a normal thing that's been going on for a long time. And if, if the system worked, the players get their money back. And if it was out of whack a little bit, the legal keeps some of it or all of it. In this case, they're going to keep all of it. So uh, I don't know what kind of losses we're looking at yet, but we could be looking at over a billion loss. In losses, maybe two billion. Uh, so, uh, figure that in the neighborhood of four hundred thousand, sorry, four hundred million, is going to be kept by the league to kind of offset these losses. That means that if someone's making ten million dollars a year, they're losing one million right off the top, right? And that was that's already in place. Yeah. Uh, but what the league is asking is is for the players to. Uh, they, they get paid. They, most players get paid on the first and fifteenth of every month, and they haven't gotten halfway through their cycle yet. So they, they've got uh, this check, and then one more. <clears throat> Once we get to May uh, or May fifteenth, then they'll be getting their normal checks. Uh, the question is: Is do they does the league deduct twenty five percent, an additional twenty five percent, or even an additional fifty percent, which is supposedly what they suggested? And the the idea would be is that the players have to make up with those numbers I suggested. If, if there's a billion dollars less in, in what they should be getting and they're giving back 400, well, they have to give back another 600,000. If they don't willingly give it back, the league has to cancel games and they can literally take it back from their checks and that would sort of even out everything. But if that doesn't happen, if the games aren't canceled, but there's still this loss of money because the fans don't go and some games are canceled and some aren't, and if there's a loss of money, if the players don't give it back, what the league does is they lower next year's salary cap to offset that. So let's say there was that extra $600,000 that didn't get made up. That would lower the cap next year by, you divide it by 30 teams, by $20 million. So instead of it being $115 million, it could drop to $95 million. So you know, this is a very simple breakdown. It, it, I wouldn't use those numbers as the exact by any stretch. I'm just mm -hmm. trying to give an idea of how it works. Okay. Uh, I think the players will ultimately give back a percentage probably in the neighborhood of 25%, and that'll go a long way, if they do, to stabilizing next year's cap. So maybe they'll drop to, instead of 115, maybe they'll drop to 110 or 105 even, but that's a lot better than dropping all the way down to like 95 or something crazy like 75. Yeah, it's crazy what these numbers and how this is going to work out, but like how, like... Like, let's say they did cancel the season. Do you think Adam Silver can be like, okay, Anthony Davis, you're not a free agent. You're going to stay in your contract for one more year. Can the uh, owner of the NBA do that? Like, say, Anthony Davis, you're not a free agent. Stay in your contract. These players stay no. in your contract. They can't, Adam Silver can't do that? No, okay. these are contracts. Okay. These are written contracts. You okay. can't change the nature of them. Now, 
with the union, the, the union and the, the NBA itself together can agree to make changes to how things work. Mm-hmm. So if the players union agrees that we're going to change the rules, the, the players would be voting and signing off on change. Uh, but I don't expect like anything like what you're describing. Anthony Davis might decide to opt in because it becomes financially better for him to do so. Uh-huh. Uh, but it'll still be his decision. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to get some clarification on that. But all right, Eric, thank you for coming on. And go ahead and give out your social media so they can follow you on the Twitter. Sure thing. I'm on uh, Twitter at Eric Pincus, E-R-I-C-P-I-N-C-U-S. Tweet everything out. Uh, you can check out my work at Bleacher Report, Basketball Insiders, or every Tuesday, uh, early Wednesday with the Hollywood Hoops podcast. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk soon. You got it. Thanks for having me.